0: Thank you for listening to the Passion Church Podcast. Our mission is to help you win by living a genuine Jesus-filled life. If you are ever in Cameron, Missouri, come and see us and join the Passion Church family. Visit our Facebook page or our website at passionchurchmo.com to find out more about us. Beginning this week started out actually a really good week. (laughs) Last week ended really well. This week started really well. Um, that Sunday morning before we got to church, I heard something in my spirit that I was just kinda like, I didn't kinda just kinda question it at first. And what I heard was, praise him anyways. I thought that was random. <laughs> praise him anyways. I'm like, well, I am praising him. Everything's going great right now. I'm excited. You know, we had an awesome testimony happen to us last week, and I'm praising him, you know, I'm excited. And the next day, I heard it again several more times. And over the week, I've probably heard it a total of 20 times. And last night, when my husband was preaching at the youth, he was reading out of Luke 22. And he came across a scripture. And when he read it, praise him anyways became alive in my spirit. And I realized why that felt so random to me. Because it didn't add up with what was happening. You know, like, I think praise him anyways. What's that sound like? That sounds like... um, Everything's going wrong. I don't know what to do, but I'm going to praise him anyways, right? That's what I think of when I hear praise him anyways. But that's what's wrong. That's what's wrong with that. It's backwards. And that's what God laid on my heart. Um, I have hardly prepared anything. Um, Pastor just said to get up here and share what I posted today and articulate on it. And I said, okay. And then I went and looked up the word articulate. (laughs) Articulate. realize that's not me <laughs> so we'll just go with whatever God puts on my heart and whatever's going to come out of my mouth I pray that it's from the Holy Spirit so um, first off I want to ask you a question and I don't want you to answer I just want you to think about it for a minute why does praise him anyways have to be a negative thing why does it have to be Everything's bad. Why do things have to be perfect and smooth? Why do things have to be going awesome and great? When I think of the word praise, not praise in many ways, but when I just think of the word praise, I think finances are good. There's money in the bank. I think there's food in the cabinets. My kids are healthy. My bills are paid. My car's good. I think, I don't got a care in the world right now. God's supplying all my needs. But when you put it with him anyways, it flips it around. Mm -hmm. I want to go a little bit further. We tend to sometimes justify in our minds that the word praise is impossible when things are not going right. Like when our kids are sick or when we don't know what we're going to do for dinner that night because we've had the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for the last three days for lunch and for dinner, and we don't want to do it again, but that's what we got. Or when gas money isn't there, somebody comes and they steal your identity and steal how much money off your card and they shut off all your cards and the last $20 you have is on that card and you can't get to it and you're scrounging around trying to figure out where you're going to get gas money and get to work the next day. Or when your vehicle breaks down and the only one you have left is literally on its last leg and you're having to leave early to make sure it doesn't overheat on your way to work. Or when your kids are sick and you're asking God why. Or your marriage is in shambles. Or real personal, when your AC goes out and it's the hottest week of the month. (laughs) Um, Different things like that. Or how about when everyone is exhausted and cranky because mom's an emotional shamble. She can't get control of her emotions, and dad doesn't know what to do anymore. He doesn't have time to play with you. He doesn't have time to relax because he's stressing about where he's going to go to get money for the next day for work. This is where I feel like we find ourselves more often than not, and this is where we forget what the word praise really means. Real quick, I just want to read off to you what I pulled in like five minutes. The word praise means expression or approval or admiration of someone or something. So it makes sense. I justify that to myself. I don't want to praise God when I don't know where my next penny is going to come from. I don't feel like it. I don't want to get up extra early in the morning and read my Bible and pray when I have no idea how I'm going to make it through the day without my cup of coffee because there's no more coffee in the kitchen. I don't feel like it. Or when I don't understand why Everything is breaking all at once, and we're trying really, really hard to be faithful, and we're paying our tithe, and we're doing this, and we're doing that, but nothing's happening. It feels like all the goodness is just running out. It's like this penny bank that we've put all the money into, and there's nothing left to put into it, and now we're looking for that investment back, and it's not there. Mm -hmm. I don't want to praise God. I'm being honest. At that point in time, I'm done, and that's where God's been working on me, and I feel like that's that praise Him anyways. It's supposed to mean so much more because the word praise actually has nothing to do with us. Yeah. And we try to make it about us. We try to make it about do I feel right, right at the time when really praise is an expression or approval of something that somebody else is doing or has done. So um, I was asking God this morning. I was praying. And I said, God, how do, how, do I, how do I do that? How do I praise you when things are in shambles? Yeah, it's easy when things are kind of, mm, or when you're in the church atmosphere and you got the worship music going and you got the excitement going and it's kind of oh, easy to forget about what's going on a little bit at home and jump in and praise a little bit. But God, how do I praise you anyways? I want you to really show me in my heart what praise you anyways means. And that's when I heard him say, just do it. I thought, well, that's easy for you to say, just do it. (laughs) You know, like, what? (laughs) And last night during youth, my husband was reading, like I said, out of Luke 22. And if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there with me. I'm going to kind of, my husband, when he printed off my thing for me, he's like, why would you use the same scriptures I used last night? I'm like, because it was that scripture that showed me what happened." So it's Luke 22, verse 40 or 39. We're going to start at 39 and go to 44. Everybody there? All right, it says, Coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives, as he was accustomed to, and his disciples also followed him. When he came to that place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And as he withdrew from them about a stone's throw away, he knelt down and he prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cut from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. This is the part that really hit me. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like drops of blood falling down from the ground. Being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Mm -hmm. That popped up to me so much last night, and I was like, what's agony mean? What is like the real definition of agony? extreme physical or mental, su- mental suffering. I've never felt the kind of agony that God has felt. I've complained about a lot. I've been through a lot. I've felt pain. I've felt grief. I've felt lots of different things. But I don't remember during any of those things praying harder or praising him harder. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, We're supposed to be like Jesus, and Jesus is getting ready to take on every sin of everybody in the entire world, and he deserves none of it. He's in the worst agony anybody has ever experienced, to the point that he is sweating blood, and he prays harder. That hit me so hard because I want to be just like Jesus, that no matter what is going on around me, no matter what I feel is just the worst thing that could possibly happen to me, that I reach out and I cry out to him harder and I praise him harder. And I said, I, and I would say, I praise you anyways, Father. And as I was praying about this this morning, I thought, man, I'm going to look at that verse again. And I looked at it and I was like, what this says to me, in my own words, paraphrasing, is, Daddy, I'm in intense pain. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with this pain. I don't know what direction to go. I don't know what to say, but I'm gonna trust you that you're gonna take this and you're gonna make good of it. And no matter how bad it hurts, no matter how much I don't understand, no matter how much I'm confused, I'm gonna praise you. I can stand right here and say, I honestly do not have that strength in my own human flesh. I've been down in a pit before that I just felt like it was impossible to come out of. And instead of reaching up and saying, God, save me, I said, God, why did you put me here? Pick me up and take me out of here now. And when it didn't happen, guess what? It's your fault, God. It's your fault. Why don't you, why'd you do this to me? Why would I serve a God who put me here? I don't want to be like that. In verse 43, Backing up just a little bit. It says that an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. An angel appeared to him, strengthening him. Doesn't say God picked him up out of that pit and said, okay, here you go. Can't take it anymore, all right? You don't have to die on the cross. You don't have to carry their sins. Not a big deal. It says that he sent an angel that strengthened him. In the middle of the agony, he sent strength to him. Why do we feel like we are owed the right to not have to go through anything, to not have to go through any trials? And why do we feel like it's our right to only be able to praise him when things are going good? My back hurts, I don't feel like standing up right now. I don't wanna lift my hands, I look silly. Okay, Jesus' sweat blood in agony sweat blood and agony, and still did not complain. He petitioned the Father and said, if it be your will, but if not, I am still willing to praise you through acts of obedience. It wasn't until just recently, the beginning of this year, that my eyes were opened up a little bit, little bit by little bit, and I realized what I was asking of God to pick me up and take me out of this pit that I felt, and I don't know how else to describe it other than a pit. It's a weird word, and I hate that word, but I felt like every time I tried to climb up out of it, that I would fall down deeper, and it's like, okay, God, I'm listening for you. I'm listening for you. No, you're not. Yeah, I'm listening for you. You're not talking, I'm talking, I'm doing all the praying, I'm doing all the talking, I'm doing all the seeking, you're not doing anything. And I fell a little bit deeper, and a little bit deeper, and a little bit deeper. And one day, God showed me that he wasn't going to pick me up out of a pit so that I could turn around and blindly walk right back into it again. That I was there for a purpose, and I was there for a reason. And that day by day, the more I seek him, that he slowly, providing me a way out and as oddly as it sounds as I'm coming out I'm getting familiar with my surroundings and I'm learning and he's teaching me about what these things mean in this pit that are are around me as I'm coming out of it so that when time comes and I walk up and I see that pit again I say oh no I know how to get out of that I know to walk around that I know how wide it is I know how deep it is I can tell you exactly where every stone is inside that pit. And I know that that's not going to trap me again. Thank you, Jesus. And not only for me, I can turn around to somebody else and I can say, hey, there's a pit. And this is how you need to seek your way out of it. So when I saw this, that he cried out in agony and God sent an angel to comfort him, but not take him out of it, but pick him up and comfort him. It just confirmed to me that the way that God was showing me the things it wasn't just in my mind because, you know, Satan does that too. He tells you, well, that's just in your mind. You're not really doing that. But then the more I wrote, I wrote all this on Facebook this morning, and the more I wrote it, the more I started thinking about it. And he inhabits the praises of his people. He inhabits our praises. He comes and bes with us when we praise. If we want God to show up, why are we not praising Why are we sitting on our butts not doing anything and saying, God, why aren't you coming to me? Why does my home life suck? Why don't I have any groceries in the cabinet? Why don't I have any money? It's the third day of the month and there's no money. Why? But yet we won't get up and do anything about it. And because we think we're entitled to that, it gets us into this mindset of feeling alone and abandoned just like I was talking about that I felt alone and I felt abandoned and like he wasn't talking to me and all along people are saying no he's talking you're just not hearing him you're not hearing him and I'm like nope I'm listening nope nope I'm listening no you're not you're listening to the wrong thing and the Holy Spirit speaks to us in a still quiet voice because he's a gentleman he doesn't shout and he doesn't yell at us if we're not still and we're not quiet how are we supposed to hear that and right now I'm taking some classes in the city and the last Monday night we were there and they had what they called a blessing night and we sat there and three leaders who knew nothing about us because they switched up groups on us so that it would be directly from the Holy Spirit sat and they prayed over us and the very first thing that came out of somebody's mouth was God has a promise for you it's like Abraham He has a promise for you, but you have to be willing to be still long enough to receive it. And I'm like, ugh, I don't like that word. (laughs) I don't want to be still. I'm busy. I don't have time to be still. The next lady steps up and she says, God says that it is vital for you to be still so that you can hear him. That's where you're going to find him in your most intimate place is to be still. Your praise does not look like everybody else's praise. It is vital for you to be still. So, whenever I was studying this and thinking about the words that they had spoken over me, and everything was piecing together, I realized that I am so guilty of that feeling like I'm owed the right to be happy whenever I praise. And God's, God just, He basically smacked, spanked me. That's what I like to call it as a spiritual spanking. Saying that's not that's not how that goes, Katie. That's not how that goes. I don't care where you're at, what you do, and how you feel. You are supposed to praise me. And the more I thought about it, the more I thought about kids' crusade, and Kendra and Christian taught on Paul and Silas in the jail cell. And I'm gonna turn there real quick. It's Acts 16, verse 22. Then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes. And commanded them to be beaten with rods, and they would. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into the prisons, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them in the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, so the foundations of the prison were shaking, and immediately the doors were opened and every chain was loosened. I want to back up again to 26. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake. This earthquake was not just an earthquake. That was a random earthquake that happened. This earthquake happened because they were praising Jesus in the darkest hour, in the darkest place, after receiving a beating and a punishment that they did not deserve. Their praises shook the earth I want my praises to shake the earth. I want the devil to tremble when he sees me hit my knees, or when he sees my hands raise in the sky. I want there to be an earthquake that loosens the bondages of the prisons that people are living in. When I lift my hands and I praise, and how many people are stuck in that prison because we're not willing to open our, our mouth at the midnight hour and sing a praise to Jesus how many people are hurting and crying out and begging for somebody to show them Jesus and how to praise and we sit back like we can't offer them anything it goes on to talk about how Paul and Silas ended up saving the jailer out of their praise and his whole family got saved not just the one man the whole family got saved doesn't say anything about the rest of the prisoners if they got saved or not, but I cannot imagine that they didn't. When they sang their praises to God, the prisoners' bands were broken. The doors were open. The foundations of the prison were were shaking. And the strongholds fell off. Looking at this story, it can become so literal in the spiritual realm not just like I mean whenever you think of this you think of the physical cuffs that were on them and the chains and the beatings and things but they went through pain that they did not deserve to make the devil tremble so that other people could be free so when I read this I was like ugh how many people have I prevented Father from being free because I was too selfish to inhabit your praises. To seek and to get up and to worship you. Whether I felt like jumping and running and dancing or it was just thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. It sucks and I feel alone. I feel abandoned. But thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, that you've never left me. Thank you, Father, that no matter what the circumstances around me say, you are there. Not to even mention that as soon as we open our mouth, Satan gets defeated like that. It's like we're taking his stupid, fiery darts that he's throwing at us and he's stabbing us with and causing pain with, and we're pulling them out, we're turning around and we're throwing them right back at him. And every time we do, he gets defeated a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. So tonight, kind of hard whenever your hand's occupied on the piano but I came with the determination that I was going to praise him anyways. Right now everything is going great but I was going to praise him anyways for all the times that I did not praise him. I'm going to praise him whenever I didn't feel like it. I'm going to praise him for all the times that I stayed home because I just didn't feel like being around people tonight. I'm going to praise him for all the times that I allowed myself to be kicked down and I stayed there because I felt like I should be allowed to stay there. I'd been through enough that I, I was allowed to be there. I was allowed to sulk in pity. I was going to praise him for all the times that I had put myself in a situation and turned around and blamed God for it. When he was sitting right there saying, please just reach out your hands to me. Or when he was in agony for me and I'm turning my back on him. I thank God that He is such a faithful God and he never turns his back on us and i thankful that He loves us with love that we cannot comprehend, that our flesh and our minds do not understand. But I'm thankful that he sent the Holy Spirit to live in our hearts so that our spirits can understand, our spirits can connect with him in that kind of way. I want to start seeing people praise him anyways. I want to start seeing people praise him when they walk out of the doctor's office with a death notice. I want to start seeing people praise him when they're having to walk to work because there's no gas in the car. I want to see people start praising him when somebody who means the world to them no longer gets to be with him. I want to see people praise him. Not because we think it's a signal to other people that everything is great, but because we want to praise him because we want to acknowledge that he loves us. And when we do that, he won't disappoint us. He will not disappoint us. We need to learn to praise him, not only for what he does, but for who he is. We need to learn to praise him for his promises, for his mercy and for his grace, for his presence in the midst of the storm. The list is endless. That's all I got. I don't have a lot. I said I would, don't feel very prepared. But what I do know is that God's sick of us sitting back, making excuses, and then asking him why he's not showing up, why he's not doing anything. But we're not willing to step outside of our comfort zone when we just don't feel like it. Feelings can be such a hindrance sometimes. And that's a word that I did not realize how much I used until this last year. Every time I say that word, it's like it sticks me, and I'm like, wait a second. There I go, acting on my feelings and not by what my heart knows and says to do. We're so glad you listened to this message today. Our goal is to bring hope, encouragement, help you win all while building God's kingdom. At Passion Church, we believe in community. If you would like to partner with us in prayer or giving, then send us a message on Facebook or through our website at passionchurchmo.com. We'd love to hear how God is impacting your life through this ministry.